<laughs> Richard Mill. <laughs> I just I just want to know who are these people that are still listening to Meek Mill in 2021 without Rick Ross and Jay-Z on it. Cause uh his last album was it was like it was okay, but the main thing people talked about was what's free verse. And they weren't talking about his verse. They were talking about Jay-Z's verse. Like Welcome to KTSC Avenue, episode 40, where the gates are doubled and we're looking for trouble. Talking culture, life, music, sports, among <laughs> other things. So pour you up a smooth glass of Alizé and have a good time. But always thank you for supporting us, uh, for subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And a special shout out to everybody that's been rocking with us on YouTube. We wound up uh, putting a little bit of effort into it. Um, I did like a spin the wheel thing uh, for a promotion. And a shout out to Alicia Wilson. Uh, I will be sending you your $50 here soon. Um, how's everybody doing tonight? Alive and blessed. Where the gates are doubled and we're looking for trouble. Is that, did you come up with that? Was that you? <laughs> Yeah, he just let him freestyle. Okay, okay. I, was just, I was just wondering. I, it, it was fine. I just didn't know. I I used to support him in everything he does. Okay, go Same ahead, friend. Mill over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, save it for later. Save it. Save it. <laughs> the whole rapper over here. I didn't know you had it in. Oh yeah, you know, I used to freestyle a little bit in high school. So speaking of high school, sweethearts, freestyling, um, a very interesting movie came out a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, but definitely a few weeks ago. Uh, Malcolm and Marie, super duper toxic. Um, essentially, it chronicles a filmmaker by the name of Malcolm who dedicated a film to his lover by the name of Marie. Um and for some reason, even though the movie was loosely based on this woman, like he forgot to thank her, which was weird. Like if you dedicate a movie to somebody, why wouldn't you thank them? But anyway, it just chronicles a day in the life of a super toxic relationship. And I know all of us here have been in relationships. So I'll start out with Marcus. What were your thoughts on the movies? Uh, what, what, are, what are some of the most toxic days that you may have had in a relationship how do you reflect on the movie how do you feel about the movie? um well i i made the uh mistake of watching this movie on valentine's day with my wife so that wasn't the best <laughs> the best course of action to do and, and like I, I remember when the when the trailer came out for it i knew it wasn't going to be like some lovey-dovey like romantic comedy movie like i knew that going in but i had forgot and I didn't realize it was going to be this uh, toxic of a watch, I guess, because it was there was a couple of things said during that movie where I was like, yeah, that's a that's a low blow. And I feel like I said that a couple times. So uh, <laughs> I, I felt like the movie was really good. A lot of people didn't. I, I felt like a lot of people didn't like it. But I think what I think is people didn't not like the movie. They didn't like the characters involved and how the relationship went. Because it, it was a tough watch. It was almost like you're just like a fly on the wall of someone's relationship and they are having the worst argument they've ever had in their life. Because that's what that was. That's not something that happens every day. You don't argue like that on a 
regular Thursday. This is a big deal. This is a big blow up. And man, I I liked it. I thought it was good. It was something different. <laughs> it was something that, like you don't like. I think the last movie that we got that was like this was uh, actually it was recently the uh, the Marriage Story with the Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. It was kind of like that, but it was more yeah. like micro. It was just like they were isolated in the middle of nowhere. Just them two. It's in black and white. It's just two hours of dialogue and music, and it just, I man, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I thought it was really good, and uh, you know, I kind of wish that people would make more movies like this that kind of like make you feel something different. You know, like because every romantic comedy that's come out the last twenty years all feel about the same. There's not a lot of movies that feel like this. That's fair. I know in the beginning that movie has some controversy around it because of the actors and their age difference. So a lot of people were upset because um, the lead, male lead, I don't know his name, but the male lead had quite some years on Zendaya. John David Washington. Thank you. And so a lot of people had some issues with that just because they felt like, oh, it was inappropriate in some type of way. And uh, of course, you have to go back and remind like Zendaya is not twelve years old anymore. Like she's, she's not, not a little in high kid. School. She's not in high school. Sorry to burst people's bubbles. Um, you would think they'd get over it by now. Watching her, you know, do drugs and stuff. You know, aren't portraying doing drugs on TV and whatnot euphoria. But there was a lot of controversy behind that. And then you add on with a lot of the reviews, the toxicity, as you say. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but now I think I am. <laughs> just to see now I'm just curious but I mean it got people talking isn't that what you want out of a movie that's what I would think yeah so I watched the movie and it made me think a lot about myself it made me do some self reflecting I've done toxic Ooh, stuff like that's that. always good Super toxic stuff. Because you're like, a Pisces. I, I'll be honest with y'all. When Pisces. I'm in relationships, <laughs> I had to go there. I had to go there. We were. I, I actually use. I, I use <laughs> breaking up with women as a leverage to get what I want, and that's extremely toxic. You know, like if you don't do what I want to do, I'm. Gonna it gets up. even worse. Right, you yeah. start behaving even worse when you don't get what you want. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm Eat a it. spoiled brat, so I, I do that to women. Um, I, I break up with women for any type of reasons. I remember one time I called South Breeze, uh, personally, and asked him, "Should I break up with somebody?" And he <laughs> said, "Yes." And it's one of the people that follow this show. Like, it's, so you got oh the Lord. double dutch. You got the double dutch agreement to break up with somebody. Like, hey, should I do <laughs> it? Yeah, yes. do it. Okay, doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you know me. I, I usually why'd you pull um, him into it though? Why do why do you pull him? I in consult there? South Breeze for a lot of life decisions. He's my life coach. So no wonder his head is this big. We need to stop doing that. Yeah, yeah. he's a good life coach. So this girl, like, <laughs> she took a picture cheek to cheek with a dude. And I was like, what in the world is like a longest relationship anyway? And I seen the picture. I sent it to South Breeze. I was like, hey, man, what, what should I do in this scenario? And he was like, break up with her. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just broke up with her and, you know, haven't looked back. And she did some toxic stuff. I've done some toxic stuff since then. 
and that's not the only instance. Like I'm constantly being toxic. I am toxic, toxic masculinity to the fullest. Like I'm a bully. Uh, I, I have a lot of problems and it made me really like looking at this movie from the outside, looking in, it made me address my own truths. Like, you know, what is wrong with you? Like I, I broke up with a girl for smoking weed, like just, and I smoke sometimes. It, it doesn't make sense, but because she smoked without me, I, I broke up with her. I don't smoke as much. She does. I do it like maybe once or twice a year, but it just really made me like look at myself like, you know what? I have these type of knockdown, drag off, out relationships and, and issues. I broke up with a girl on her birthday. Like, I, I just, it's <laughs> something yeah, wrong with me. Like, I really have a problem. You should have did it and that before. I'm single. Yo, like, shout out to Tiffany. I know you're probably seeing this. I just went on Facebook, but she was pissing me off and being really insecure. And I could have broke up with her the day before, but I made it a point to break up with her on her birthday oh, because terrible. she was making me so mad. It was like, you know what? You know, I need to make karma? You think it's because you haven't been cut yet? Like, sure. You know, actually, another woman attempted to run me over with years ago, so <laughs> I, I just don't care. Like I, You know, and like I said, watching this movie, I've realized, you know what? I got some problems. Maybe I need to know how to love. You know, I I don't know. Maybe it's a Pisces thing. Who knows? It is a Pisces thing. Can we stop with the Pisces slander? Can we? I am a survivor of a Pisces. I know the traits and the signs. Thank you. Yeah, we're we're sadistic. Like to be honest with you, something is wrong with us. And you know what, Aunt Weezy, I know you always talk shit about Pisces. So go ahead and say your point. Don't be quiet now. You said what? Or he froze. Yeah, I'm asking you. What's your point? Go ahead. Oh, me? Oh, man. Yeah, I you. Just, I just feel like Pisces are in this, like, fairytale world. Like, like you guys are about what you guys want. And if, if it's not, like, what you guys want, like, at that time, y'all are toxic, man. <laughs> like, my, my ex was a Pisces, and it was kind of, like, a situation of, like, no matter what I did, it was never good enough. And if I was to say something to her about like where she might be slapping or fouling at, oh no, nah. <laughs> I'll probably get cut. Like it just wasn't, it just wasn't a good, it wasn't good. Uh-oh, look uh, at Marcus. Good situation whatsoever. Okay, like uh, people, people say that like Pisces live off in this like fantasy world or whatnot, and they want to live like whatever. But the world that we envision and the world that we want to live in, isn't it better than what we're, isn't it better than reality? Isn't it like, it's always a better option, no matter what you think about it. Like the way that we view the world is better. Not for not for everybody involved. Exactly. Okay. I, I don't then on top know of that, you also got to remember it's a fairytale world. At the end of the day, nobody's in this, nobody in, nobody right now is in their fairytale world. Like nobody. It's because you don't want to be. Y'all don't want to be. We're already there. Come Whatever. join us. Come live in this fairy tale. <laughs> it's a lot better over here. It's a lot nicer over here. We would enjoy it a little bit more than living in this hard, cold reality that y'all call life. Forget that. Oh, it's yeah. not hard. It's not, it's not we hard are work. joined by Rev Run now. Um, have you seen Malcolm and Marie? 
yeah, or experience a toxic relationship? Twice. Ooh, yeah. yeah here. She has good feedback. Yeah, I watched it the first time through with some friends, um, and then I watched it by myself maybe last week sometime. I'd say maybe like Tuesday or Wednesday. So it's pretty recent. I liked it. I thought it was a cool movie. Um, uh, people say it was a tough watch, and maybe I'm watching it from an outsider's perspective. I've never been in a relationship. Um, I don't argue. I'm not about to say argue all night, especially. So while I was watching it, it just it felt exhausting to the in the the sense that like Malcolm was really the offense the offending party to me, and it was less because he didn't thank her, and more because his entire argument was to hurt her. It was not to share any type of hurt. His entire argument was like, oh, well, you just called me out on something. Allow me to like point out all of your faults for the next two hours. Whereas Marie, mm. in the beginning, was like, you offended me in this way. Let me tell you why. And he took that as a slight and used that as a way to demean her, um, which made her dig at him the same way. So then it became an argument of like, how can I hurt you the most? And I still think he hurt her more than she hurt him. And if it was the other way around, he did a really good job at not showing how much he was hurt. Most definitely. He definitely took a lot of really, like, really low blows. Like, I think she did, too. But I, I agree with Rev was saying that he kind of, he was unable to handle what she was saying to him. Because her whole argument was like, you are a lot more mediocre than you think you are. But because people, like, prop you up to be so great, you take that to the head. And then he was like, well, you're a crackhead. And it was like, well, <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just said, wait a minute, hold on. He was like, not only are you a crackhead, this story wasn't even based off you. It was based off this one girl I hooked up with. I still got a picture of her at home. And then this other girl who was not a crackhead, she was great. She still sends me pictures of her kids. But you, the I got the worst parts of this character from you, crackhead. I'm just like, excuse me? <laughs> Oh my gosh. That man was extremely insecure about everything that was going on in his life. <laughs> everything about the relationship, about the movie, just about everything. And yeah, he, he lashed out. But um, like I said, I don't know. Well, I guess I kind of do. Their, their relationship is toxic. But we also have to remember that it's also the very worst argument like they've ever had. So we we're we are not seeing the good side of whatever their relationship is, the, the 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 better moments that they've had. So I I do like even if you if you've seen um like if you think about other like couples that people like and enjoy, like on TV, like from This Is Us, uh Randall and Beth, there was a they had like maybe one or two arguments where if you just specifically focus on that argument in that moment and you just kind of stretch it out for two hours, you would probably watch that and say like damn, they're kind of toxic. They shouldn't be together. And they're probably the best couple in TV history. So I, I did like the movie. So um, wow, just uh, I think it was kind of a, a reflection on how people actually are. Like, I think people people aren't like arguing to to like get their point across or just arguing to hurt each other, like especially on Twitter. Twitter's like that, too. Like people will give you constructive criticism and it's like, well, your mom's dead in your bio, so how about we talk about that? It's like, hey, now do that. Oh yeah. Do you think that maybe a lot of people are like giving it so much like backlash because maybe it hit too like too close to home for them? I was just about to say that I think if a lot of people recorded their arguments with their partners, 
they'd be like, yo, we are Malcolm and Marie. Like, we just sat here in the shower for 30, 45 straight minutes. Then I tried to kiss you and we hugged it out. And then uh, you remembered something I did two months ago when you brought that back up. We've been arguing for three hours straight. We are this film. I think a lot of people was like, this was heavy because they go through this in their real lives and are hesitant to admit like, I'm in a constant argument with somebody that I say that I love, but I spend a lot of time trying to hurt them instead. Oh yeah. Like I said, I, after I watched this movie, I played Tank I Deserve and I repented for my past sins. And it's a lot of them. Did you? So no, I didn't. Yeah, did you really? Did you really? No. No, I didn't. Actually, I played something else. But what we'll do. Um, and I, I apologize to everyone that I heard. So, you know, um, on purpose, some of them. And you know what? Like I said, watching this movie and not hearing this podcast, I understand why things happen the way they did. Like, in my last relationship, I was trying my hardest to hurt this person. Like, I was cutting super low and super why? deep. So, because I, really I, I didn't get my way. Like I'm I'm that toxic. I didn't get my way. She didn't do what I needed to do, needed her to do in that scenario, which I'll have a relationship podcast dissecting that relationship another day for another time. But like I said, I just realized now, and even before this movie, just beyond that, like I, I truly need to heal. Like a lot of people, they don't know this about me. Like I, I get a lot of opportunities to be in new relationships all the time. I talk to women all the time. I get nudes all the time. You know, all the stuff that us regular niggas do. And it's like, I still miss that girl. And it's my fault because I cut her down. Like, I shouldn't have did that. I was wrong. I deserve to be put in the situation that I'm in for the sins that I have done against that woman and other women in my lifetime. And South Breeze, no, like, yes, I am the hurtest of hurt, and I swing to knock everybody out every time. Like I'm constantly doing low blows. Like even when I diss that person on a podcast, I'm not gonna say his name because I don't want South Breeze to, you know, edit it out. But did I really have to do all that? Probably not. But I was hurt. So you know, when you're hurt, you do things, and, and I get it. But um. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, we'll take a quick break on that. Uh, give a shout out to our sponsors real quick. So thank you very much for that. Now, we got Marcus Music Minute. He wants to tell us a little bit about uh, Meek Mill. So what ended up happening with Meek Mill this week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so um, for, for one... Before, I guess, like a week or two ago, Meek Mill and Takashi Six Nine got into an argument, like in public. I guess, I guess they ran into each other in Atlanta, and they were both like, I guess, filming it. And uh, I guess, uh, like that night, Meek Mill got on Twitter tweeting about, you know, why does this happen? To, why does this always happen to me? Why is he trying me? And it's like because you're the dude to try with this kind of stupid stuff. You're the kind of guy that will respond back to this, get your Twitter fingers going, and whatever, whatever. So. Uh, that's what he was doing. Um, but then he uh, apparently he came out with a, a, a new, well, he didn't come out with a new song, but he's on a song with Lil Baby, and he's got um, a line on there. 
uh, that references the the death of Kobe Bryant. Like, I don't, I'm not gonna say the bar because I don't know what it is and I don't listen to Meek Mill's music. But I guess my only, it's not an issue, but I kind of, it's kind of weird, kind of observing how people are reacting to what he said um, about Kobe Bryant dying because in like in rap, there's plenty of offensive lyrics and bars that have been said in recent time. Like there's a lot of rappers who have rapped about the death of prominent celebrities like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. So I'm not saying what Meek Mill did was right because I mean, maybe it's just, it it's too close to home for some people. Like it, it just happened like less, like over like just a year ago. So maybe people are still, you know, pretty raw about that. And maybe it's because it's Meek Mill. And I don't think people actually like his music and the things that come with him, like some of his tweets, some of his Instagram posts, some of the, like the stuff he does in Clubhouse. It's just like Meek Mill is never trending for anything positive. And then the one time he drops music, it has a Kobe Bryant diet bar. And it's just like Meek just can't get out of his own way. Now, I wish he would do better in all aspects of his life. Like Jay-Z and Beyonce put all that hard work and effort to get you out of jail and you're actually acting like a dumbass. Like, get it together, whatever your first name is. I think his name's Richard. I don't know. Richard Meek. <laughs> Richard Mill. <laughs> I just I just want to know who are these people that are still listening to Meek Mill in 2021 without Rick Ross and Jay-Z on it. Because uh, his last album was, it was like, it was okay, but the main thing people talked about was what's free verse. And they weren't talking about his verse. They were talking about Jay-Z's verse. Like, why, why, why are we doing this? There's no point. Like he, he hasn't, he hasn't made a song. Meek Mill's been in the game for like 10 years, right? If you were to go see Meek Mill right now in concert, guess what song he's going to have to perform? Dreams and Nightmares. Why does he still have to perform that song? Because he hasn't made a song better than that in 10 years. Go to your other favorite artists that have been in the game for at least 10 years. They're not doing songs from that long ago because they make better songs. Go look at what Beyonce was doing 10 years ago. She doesn't have to do those songs. The same with Kanye. The same with Jay-Z. The same with Drake. The same with Justin Bieber even. He's not performing Baby anymore. He doesn't need to do that. He's got other hits that he can do, but Meek Mill. Hold on, wait a minute. Y'all thought I was fit. You doing that 10 years ago, my nigga? Like, come on with something better, dog. Right. Jesus Christ. Meek Mill raps for, like, Ooh. Meek Mill raps for niggas who, like, say, I want you. W O N apostrophe T. That's his demographic. So, of course, you wouldn't listen to his music because, like, if I. 26 people in the entire world. <laughs> I don't know why him and wow. Texas not beefing anyway. They both kind of clout chases in the same boat, in my opinion. I think they beef for clout. Honestly, I don't think they really right. Do. <laughs> I was about to say that. Like, I think it's, I think it's like something that keeps him relevant. Like, when I guess he, when he's in Atlanta, or something like that. And he, he was like, kids wanted to give him like they were selling water, and he gave him like a twenty, and it was like. 15 years. <laughs> Bro, what? Like, and he posted it. It would have been different if they posted it, but it's just like, you didn't have to record that and then decide, you know, what, you know what would be a good idea? If the entire internet saw me just give 15 kids $20 and 
to show them how to hustle. Like, Meek, like, hook, hook kids up, man. Hook them up a little bit. I'm not or, looking to Meek to learn how to hustle. Or just not put the video out there. Like, no one, no one would have known about it if you'd have just took the video and just be like, you know what? This is kind of corny. I'm just going to delete this. No one needs to see this. Right, like, right. what kind of psychopath sits poolside with french fries between his legs like that? You are an animal, sir. You are an animal. Jesus Christ, man. Like, as soon as I saw that, I should be like, yo, I appreciate what Jay-Z and Beyonce are trying to do as far as, like, keeping black people out of jail, trying to free our brothers and sisters who are, who, are in, who are unjustly un incarcerated and have to deal with, you know, unfair parole and all this stuff but you could have found someone better dog he maybe he needed a little bit of time like maybe he needed to sit down for a minute it's it's cool there has there's someone there's someone sitting in jail right now like dog they let this man out they let him out they couldn't get me all right that's cool that's cool is he supposed to be like in a movie now that's about to be coming out soon or something like i guess it's supposed to be talking about like philly or something like that like some oh. kids on, like you know, like a bike gang or something like that. Of course. Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I feel like it's kind of like him trying to talk about his life, but not time to talk about his life. Good thing. Well, I'm I'm, not I'm I'm not here for a Meek Mill movie, so I will not be watching that. Um. So speaking of Meek Mill, we're gonna stick with music. Um, with our song of the week, uh, we'll start with Rev. What's your song of the week? Oh, my song of the week is, um, we're going to back it up to 2020. It's the song by Roddy Rich on his album. Uh, let me make sure I'm calling it the right thing. I've been listening. I actually got one song from, I started listening because Damson Idris has a, a playlist on Spotify called Taste. I kind of skipped through a lot of it, but I heard this Roddy Rich song and I thought it was cool. So it made me go back to the album. He's got uh, this song with um, Ty Dolla Sign on Exclusive, please excuse me for being antisocial, uh, called Backseat. And I really love it. So that's my song of the week. B-A-C-C, -C, because niggas is former gangbangers, but Backseat. <laughs> All right, Mr. Aunt Weezy, what is your song of the week, sir? Oh man, um, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to take it back, dude. Um, for some reason, like I was kind of listening to this song all last week, but uh, Lupe Fiasco, Paris, Tokyo. Okay, it's a good one. So our music man of the podcast, uh, Marcus, what is your what, what's your song of the week? Jesus music Christ. man, right. money man, you know, <laughs> promo man, you do it all. Oh Lord! All right, so this, this this song I went with is called "Selfish" by uh, Little Sims, and it's featuring Cleo Soul. It's a it's a song that's from the Malcolm Memory playlist or soundtrack. Someone made a playlist of it, and that's one of the songs that I really liked. It actually, if you watch the movie, it's kind of played more so in the background compared to the other songs. But uh, it's a it's a good song. the The group makes pretty good music. It kind of Reminds me of uh, like a tribe called Quest, except they're from London and there's a female in the group and their production is a little bit darker. But Cleo it's a good Soul song. Cleo Soul as an artist is really dope. She makes really vibey music. Yes, I, I got that from, from that song. So I'm going to definitely go listen to more of what she's doing. 
Okay. And um, for myself, my song of the week this week is uh, It's a Real Throwback. So I'm going George Michael Monkey because I was being nasty this week. So, oh, uh, yeah, friend. George Michael Monkey. Oh, <laughs> Y'all make sure, speaking of Monkey, if you check out adamandeve.com, type in <laughs> KTSE. And I uh, received some free gifts from us and, you know, do what you got to do to your woman's monkey. Uh, speaking of women, Elle, your song of, what? it's a song about, well, he's gay and it's a song about women, allegedly, but I, I don't know. I'm confused, yeah. but it's a nice song. Elle, your song of the week, please, ma'am. Okay, so I have a secret confession. You know how, like, in the group chat, I'm spending a thousand songs? And that's because I want just one time for Marcus to pick one of the songs that I put out there. <laughs> it has yet to happen in all the years we've been doing this. <laughs> but um, I'll pick one of those now. <laughs> one day you're going to pick my song. But okay. I'm going to go with, um, he's, he's not an up-and-coming artist. He used to do more producing and writing. I'm blanking on his full name, but this Gabriel something. He's he's a Hispanic artist, but he's worked with artists that we like Drake um, and a few others. I think the biggest name was Drake that he's worked with before on past projects. But he came out with a song called Aguitas, Aguitas, and it's like it's a really long song. But I believe if you guys have the time, take take it to listen because it's basically three songs in one. And I love when artists do like a bilingual type of thing. He goes in and out of Spanish a lot, but it, he shows three different sides of his artistry in one track, and I think that's really hard to do and make it cohesive. So if you guys have the time, the song is called Aguitas, and I'll make sure to tweet it out when this episode drops so that we can listen. Alright, yeah. so I thank you very much for that, everybody. Um, speaking of L, we would like you to go ahead and Wine us out real quick. Give us your, your wine of the week as well as your time to wine it out with a subject. Well, friends, I don't know how quick this is going to be. I'll try my best. I got a lot of shit to talk. But um, so for this week, I'm actually going to give you a wine to maybe be aware of. So this one is called Winking Owl. I went with the Shiraz, and it's a good 13.5. Now, you can find this bad boy at most of your stores, like your Walmarts, but I'm pretty sure you can find it in Aldi. I think that's where I saw it. It was gifted to me. And it's sweet. It's sweet gift. Um, but it's, if you're, like, a pro wine drinker, this ain't it. If you're, like, a rookie wine drinker, that's where you want to start. So, especially for it to be Shiraz, it's way too sweet. Shirazes are not sweet. It's a lot more peppery and bold and flavor and this ain't it. It's like juice and you can literally see the sugar. So I'm not a fan of it, but it's a good starter wine just to kind of help you build your palate. So I would say start there and it's cheap. So start there so that way you start building on, you know, without spending all your money. Anyway, this week, fucking Cabo Cruise. Okay. So being, um, a former Texan, I guess you would say Texas resident. Uh, I never really claimed it, but I was there for long enough to have property, so I actually give a shit about Texas. And with that being said, you know, with everything that's been happening, you guys have seen the snowstorms, the 
ice storms and just the what the fucks. Now this year, um, there's already been snow. So that's the thing. This wasn't like the first snowstorm of the year. And normally, at least back where I was, we would get snow at least once, maybe twice a year. And that was a lot if you got it twice a year. Nonetheless, the idea of snow happening in Texas is not brand new. The idea of pipes freezing and bursting in Texas is not fucking brand new. So the fact that the government didn't have anything planned or didn't have some type of emergency plan, and I understand that there's a bigger thing, there's a bigger conversation with infrastructure and everything else. But you mean to tell me y'all can't get salt out in these streets? You really mean to tell me you can't at the very least get salt out there so that way people can drive and go and get essentials and do all the things that they need so that way when they're literally stuck inside their houses, you know, they have a little bit of leeway? No. So everybody's freezing their asses off. Like, literally, I have one of my dudes, he showed me his apartment was 46 degrees inside. 46 degrees. Okay. Now, I, I don't even like it when it's 46 degrees outside, let alone in my house. Like, how am I supposed to sleep in that? And he had two dogs to worry about. Now, imagine people with kids. Now, imagine women who are pregnant. Now, imagine the elderly. There's people who literally froze to death in Texas. Now, Texas wasn't the only place that got hit. Um, you know, the general area got hit as well. I think uh, Oklahoma got hit pretty bad as well. I know people are talking about it. But let's get back to the point. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz decided as governor, as the person that they voted me in, you know, and my fellow Texans, and I love my Texans, his daughter said, fuck Texas. Let's go to Cabo because it's hot over there and it's too cold over here. Let's go, daddy. And he co-signed and he went with them. So not only did he abandon his state during a state of emergency, he literally blamed his child. Uh, he blamed his children after he got back. He basically passed the buck on them as if he's not a grown-ass adult. And the other thing that keeps, like, it gets in my mind is that he's such, he was so far up at Trump's ass with everything. And I just can't remember, like, build that wall, build that wall. And where the fuck did you go and escape to? Where did you try to go and seek refuge, essentially? <laughs> the irony here that plays out. Yikes. So I can right. I've been I've been bitching about this so much this this week that at this point, um, you guys are good, you're getting a calmer version of me. But it's just if it was anybody else in any other job, you understand people who couldn't show up to work getting fired because of this same snowstorm and then this dude decided to leave. We need to start firing these politicians. We really need to start firing these politicians because he literally, and we need to make an amendment. We need to change something because he's he literally just left. To be fair to Ted Cruz, to be fair. How? Once you buy those tickets, like it's kind of hard to get that refund. Like, <laughs> even if you friend, do get we're the in insurance. We're in a global pandemic. Even friend, if you get the insurance, pandemic. like it was like no. the day of, like you every, want him to get a refund every right now. Refunding every airline is refunding. They've been doing refunds been too soon. and reschedules it, for the past year. It was probably Try too late to get a refund. So he couldn't get his no money back. He couldn't reschedule you know, it. Do you know how desperate he was that he flew coach? That's how desperate he was to get out of the state. He took the next flight out, and him and his family flew coach. You know damn well that if everything was up and running, he was taking a private jet. Our, our, our tax dollars, okay? 
You I mean, know fucking well. Might, I mean, let's not play not games. A, he might not have been able to get a refund for those tickets, but it's already messed up that he bought them in the first place. He, he gets there like forty dollars. Are I you mean, kidding? Me? Especially from Texas. I'm out. I just see on I just see on Twitter all the time that y'all are. I, I hear it. I see it every day on Twitter. Like, hey man, take that PTO, man. These jobs don't care about you. Like, that was just like, hey man, I need a little break. Like, you know how hard, you know how much work, you know how much work goes into trying to like find and book a hotel. That's a lot of work, man. You tell me I just gotta take that L. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Also, his wife ugly, so I don't expect much from him. Anybody that lets a man call your wife ugly or national. Yeah. You could, he could have at least got on Twitter and said something like, you know, some anything. You just gonna take that yeah. on the chin, dog? Like, damn. That is worse than is back true. in I think it was when was it 2018 or 2017 when um in Jersey because of taxes and whatever, whatever the fuck that they had to close down all the public beaches and parks and everything else. And you see fucking fucker Chris Christie out there with his family on the on the beach. <laughs> you know, remember that? Like this is worse than that. Like this is time that was bad. This is like time spent. Um yeah, I'm gonna get off my soapbox when it comes to Ted Cruz, but the moral of the story is we need to start we need to start firing some politicians. They do more time he's bad. Like they we they do so much tweeting and this and a third and fucking literally abandoning their posts essentially. Like do you understand that people who are in the military could never do that? Our our police officers, all the people you care about so much, they can't do that because they're gonna be fired. And the average citizen can't just get up and leave, especially when shit is going down. Like you were elected governor. Meanwhile, you have AOC raising three point five million dollars. How embarrassing is that for you? You got Beto out here nonstop working. You got all these other people that you you can't stand. You don't want to reach across the aisle to and whatever. I get it. It's politics, but you're literally your state. You have people freezing to death, and you you showed your ass. And I can tell you right now. I said I was getting off my soapbox, but I'm gonna say this and then be done. I'm in all of my little neighborhood watch app, blah blah blah, and the people are pissed. And people are remembering this. People are already um, sending out petitions. And these are like my county where I'm from is very much Republican, which is sickening. But it's very much Republican. And these people are fed the fuck up. Okay, they're writing past Ted Cruz. So uh, I just hope, and they're reminding each other, remember this next go around. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I hate to say it like this, but I feel like. As as people, you know, when you sound like they're doing petitions now, whatever the case may be, I feel like it's only going to matter because Texas is a red state. Yeah. If it would have happened somewhere else, I mean, would they, you know, would they really have cared? Like, would they really have, let's say this happened in, in Detroit, would they have cared like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think so. Then it just has, like... It just passed some some bill to aid Flint, Michigan, with the water crisis very recently. Which, after how long? So long? Oh my God! Complete, the after fact that long. the fact that we're still like Detroit is still has a, a Flint water yeah. crisis. That thing is like five yeah. years old, man. Like I didn't have kids when yeah. that was happening. I have two Flint now. Has been drinking, <laughs> Flint has been drinking the same almost dookie water for the last six years. Like 
it's really it's uh, people inside losing their jobs staying on that subject real quick that was a great segue so michigan which is the state where detroit is (laughs) they have a negro or a colored person as we as some people call them they have a colored man that's deeply conservative by the name of Austin Ching or Chang. I'm not that sure. Fucking guy. He, he might be masquerading around like he's Asian today. I don't know. It's Ching Chang, Chong Ching, who knows? <laughs> but, and I'm sorry to my Asians, you know, you know I love y'all. But this, is, this brother, this, this nigger, as we like to call him, says we should cancel Black History Month. Wait a minute, hold on. He hops on Beyonce's internet in the second month of the 2021 year after Christ has died, who was also Black, in Black History Month to say that we should change the shortest month that's dedicated to Black people to American History Month. We're going to start out with you, Rev, if you're ready. What are your thoughts on that? Like, is, like what the fuck is going on? What, what are your thoughts on Mr. Ching Chang? Uh, so there's a thing that I have uh, long thought, but like kind of recently stepped into is like the Internet gives people way too much room to talk. And like people don't really think through mm-hmm. their foolishness. And so to Mr. Young Man, whose name I don't know or care to remember, um, why? Like, first of all, I will counter with saying that black pe- black history is absolutely American history. So it's we're still doing American History Month. We're just focusing on the black, you know, folks in American history. But then uh, I just go back to why. Like, what do you gain from that? What do you gain from changing February with only 28 days, 29 on some years? What do you gain from making that American History Month? Will we learn American History Month January, March and until? Like it's cool if black people have a if literally anybody else has a has a a lens on them except for white people. Like, what do you gain by propping up American history? Nothing. I know that a lot of black and brown people like the proximity to whiteness. You think that if you live in a white neighborhood, or if like you got white friends or a white girl like match with you on Hinge once, that you have some type of privilege, but you don't. So like. You know, learn Black history and American history with the rest of us during uh, uh, February. Or just be quiet. It's cool if you just shut up. It's cool. It is absolutely okay if you just hush your mouth. And to my main man, Mr. Triple M, Marcus Sniffles, what is your what What are your thoughts on Mr. Chang? Uh, you know, dedicating the month to American history instead of Negro history. I think it's pretty dumb. I think the stuff that he was saying, as far as it being like dangerous rhetoric and it could be viewed as racist is is pretty dumb on his part especially for him to be a grown man thinking that uh i think i would i would be more behind someone wanting to get rid of like black history month if it was like uh you know we're, we're gonna stop doing this thing where every february we put out all this black content we put you know we changed the google header to something black we put more black commercials 
Uh, we have more black TV shows. We interview more black people. But then come March 1st, we're done with that. Like, we're just going to all that stuff we did in February. That's for February. So we're not going to do that. So if you want to get rid of Black History Month so people will stop doing that and make it to where, you know, black creatives, black art, black culture, black history, all that stuff is celebrated all year round, then sure. I would be open to the conversation about maybe getting rid of Black History Month, but I know that's not going to happen. We're not going to do that. We're not going to prop up, you know, black musicians. We're not going to prop up black artists. We're not going to prop up black TV shows, black movies, unless it's like the greatest movie you've ever seen. Like it's, we're, we're not doing that. And white people historically are going to ignore the stuff that we do. And when it can't be ignored, they're just going to copy it. So. I think that guy's an idiot and people that vote for him are idiots. So L any thoughts on changing black history month to white, I mean, uh, American history month. And Oh, before you go, uh, shout out to you because I didn't know that we had like Pacific Islander month or Asian heritage month. What, what did you say? It was I apologize. Asian Pacific Islander uh, Heritage Month, which is in April, I think it was, April or May. You also have Hispanic uh, Hispanic Heritage Month as well. Like, there's other heritages, other heritage, I think that's how you say it, uh, that are celebrated throughout the year as well. So why he's only pinpointing one, one that he, you would think that he would represent, um, is is just interesting and it's kind of disgusting to me as well. I don't know who he's trying to please here, uh, but I, I just feel like it, there's no point. What's the reason? What was the reason? Like that's that's the main thing I think. What was it like? What's the point? What good is going to come from it? What for what? Um, and it is American history. The thing is, the reason why there is a Black History Month in the first place is because all over time in all these years you're not getting throughout the rest of the years you're not getting a full story like you're, you're just not there's there's a lot of in our history classes and so forth like there's a lot that's just skipped right over jumped right over it was how long ago that they started to stop acknowledging christopher columbus when when we were kids we were singing songs about this dude and praising him and doing everything else like there's so much history that needs to be corrected and highlighted which is why you have Black History Month. But as to what Marcus was saying, it shouldn't just stop there. It should continue on throughout the rest of the year. So unless you're prepared to have that conversation, you can't. Basically, what he's saying is we're just going to delete. We're going to just delete that. We're going to delete all that heritage. We're going to delete all that history. We're just going to not acknowledge it. You're a part of the problem. You're taking us back so far. For what? For what? That's, that's just my thing. For what? And Aunt Weezy, your thoughts on changing Black History Month to American History Month? Pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. Uh, like he was saying, like it'd be different if it was like a year-round thing. Matter of fact, like take McDonald's. Remember, like McDonald's used to have like that, you know, Black Three Sixty Five, but they only did it in February. Like, like it, it was never Three Sixty Five. It was twenty-eight days. So my thing about it is that even in those 28 days, that shortest month that y'all give us to tell us about what our history is, y'all still don't even do that right. Y'all don't even tell us everything. Like you, the whole time you went through school, you went through 
high school, middle school, elementary school, whatever, they always taught about the same four or five or the same three, four events that happened in, in our whole entire history. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, it, it, it wasn't until you, like, you, it, unless you branched out on your own or your parents talked to you about it or your grandparents or black, older black people in the neighborhood, hey, man, well, you know, this yada, 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 yada. If you were just going by just the educational system, you wasn't going to really know what black history was outside of on Luke King, Malcolm X. Something like that. Like, you know, I, I talked to a couple of kids or whatever because I used to work with kids and I would mention Sojourner Truth and they'd be like, oh, Mr. Brown, who is that? What? Really? Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. So now the fact that you're saying that you want to take that away and now you want to mix it, oh shit, it should be American History Month. Isn't that what y'all already do? Like outside of February, isn't that isn't the rest of that American history, like months or whatever the case may be? So, like, they tell their version of history. Yeah, y'all you, you, tell y'all history about how y'all want to tell it, about how y'all perceive it, about what y'all want to do. But I'm still trying to figure out how Christopher Columbus is still known as the person who discovered America when people was already here. But that's for another day. But uh, yeah. I just think that is, I think that is, it's pathetic. Is is like she like Elle said. I don't know who he's. I don't know who he's trying to appease. And I can tell you now, it ain't my black ass. So, and I actually just found this out today. Um, people who know me, they know that I represent Jacksonville, Florida. There are all sorts of schools, middle schools, high schools, for the longest time coming up that were named after Confederate soldiers. Um, and of course, now they're doing a good job. I actually went to one of them, Jeb Stewart Middle School, which is probably the worst school I've ever been to in my entire life on the West Side. But I just found out today that one of the high schools in the city, uh, A. Philip Randolph, was actually named after a Black person. And I'm like, okay, I lived in Jacksonville for so many years, and I never even knew that. Or and, and this is just time putting a bow on this. Um, another thing, like um, I've seen a conversation where someone was referring to the new movie, uh, The Black Messiah and Judas. I, I apologize for getting the, the title wrong. But it was talking about Fred Hampton. And there was actually black people who they have no idea who that is at all. And even with me, when I first heard of it, it was through a Jay-Z song. Well, Jay-Z and Kanye West. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of black history out here that's in nooks and crannies of history that we, we, we don't really know about. We don't really get, or people deem it's unimportant. I recall being a kid and the black Panthers, they were a military style militia, guerrilla tactics, militia that was against the government and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, even Malcolm X, he's he's celebrated now, but when I was a kid, kind when the movie came out, prior to that, they didn't they didn't talk about Malcolm X like that. Malcolm X was a bad man. He was somebody that you didn't want to be like. You you want to be like a Martin Luther King brother, you know. And it, it's a lot of other examples about that too. Like they create the narrative of what they want to talk about, and a lot of times they you know don't talk about what they don't want to talk about. So. Definitely keep alive the dream, Michigan, of Black History Month. 
Um, you know, and I believe we need to do a better job as well of representing the other history groups that are out there as well. Um, like I know I didn't even ever hear of Hispanic Heritage Month until I was watching a football game with Tony Romo, who I didn't even know was Hispanic. And then now I know, okay, this is the month. Never heard Shit, about it. Me this. neither, really. Yeah, like I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? I thought he was like an Italian or something. So Probably but anyway, I on to the next subject today, um, which is going to be one for Mr. Marcus. So this, okay, not that Mr. Marcus, he's played out. Speaking of venereal diseases, Yo. make sure if you choose to shop at Adam and Eve for your protection, <laughs> type in KTSE Avenue, or no, just KTSE when you check out. Get yourself some free lubricant. Get yourself some free protection. You know, if you'll be having sex later on. So anyway, oh god, we have our resonance Colts fan. The Colts made a big move this past week. Um, basically, they acquired Carson Wentz, uh, former number two overall pick, a potential MVP candidate a couple of years ago, um, for a third round pick and a conditional second that could be a first depending on playing time. So Marcus, I know people from the DBNR report uh, and the other people that heckle you on Twitter for your support of the Colts, that's which weird. also that's welcome a weird back way. That's a weird way of saying bullying. Yes, which welcome back to Twitter because I definitely seen you were suspended <laughs> again. But what are your thoughts on this? Nasty nigga, dog. Congratulations. Nasty <laughs> nigga, bro. <laughs> They need to leave you locked up. I have Jack and Twitter support blocked on Twitter. I don't know how they're seeing my tweets. Someone's reporting me, and I don't. I don't appreciate it, especially on my birthday. No less. That was disgraceful. But uh, yeah, with the whole Carson Wentz thing, uh, I think that's his, that's the best offer that we were going to get for our quarterback situation. Like the, I. Had, the, the only option that I saw that might have been better was Sam Darnold. Like, I feel like we could have got him, and he's a lot younger and cheaper. But he also doesn't have uh, a lot of experience. So uh, getting Carson Wentz and hoping that he, you know, plays like he did in, I think, 2017 and for a little bit of 2019, if he can do that and, you know, we can replace our left tackle and show up our defense a little bit, I feel like we'll be uh, in the same – position as we were last year maybe we'll have one or two more extra wins but i mean looking at the landscape there there was not a lot of options for us at quarterback this year it was either carson wentz roll in with a second year quarterback that has no preseason experience uh sam darnold we were we weren't getting the sean watson like the texans the texans are a poorly ran organization but they're not that dumb to trade him within the division um i didn't want ben roethlisberger I didn't want a retread of an old quarterback. Uh, we weren't getting Dak Prescott. The Cowboys aren't letting him go. They're going to franchise tag him, and then maybe he gets let go another year. But the fact that we were able to get a quarterback. Dope. <laughs> the, the fact that we got a uh, – We got a quarterback that could be a franchise quarterback and um, for only a third-round pick and – uh, a first-round pick, if he plays 75% of the snaps, it's pretty good. And, you know, we he does have a big contract, but 
after two years, if we waive him, then we can get out from under that. So I thought it was a win, win for us. And I'm just, I'm hoping that he plays, plays good. Cause I mean, I, for me as a coach, I know Falcons fans can't really, you know, uh, relate, relate to this, but it, it's, it's hard not having stability at the quarterback position. Like we haven't had the same week one starting quarterback for five years going now. And Falcons fans, I just saw some kind of stat like since 2006 to like 2012, all or not 2012, but to like 2021, all of these quarterbacks have been drafted in the first round or whatever. And Matt Ryan is the only one that's still with the same team that drafted him. We don't have we we haven't had stability at quarterback in a long time, and this is what it feels like. And I just wish other, you know, fan bases would understand that Colts fans are hurting right now. It's tough having to go through every season not knowing who your quarterback's going to be. Every year, somebody different, and it's it's like we're living in quarterback purgatory right now. So it's tough. Pray for us. Watching Andrew Luck retire was a sad day for you, bro. Why? Why are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? We weren't, we're not, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know her. We don't need to do that. It's not, it's not what we're, it's not what we're talking about. Just, you know, let's just talk about the As president. As a Jacksonville fan, I, I'm very disappointed that they allowed the, uh, your team to get, you know, Carson Wentz, but I'm, I'm not too scared of it, but good job. I mean, you guys obviously ran very well. And that's what good franchises do. Like they continue to make good moves, to stay relevant, to stay competitive, to stay winning. So thanks a fucking lot. I would be um, scared low, like low cost, high reward. When he went 33 and 7, I'd be scared of that car somewhere. <laughs> I would. It's I been mean, a few it, years since he's done that, though. Yeah, it, I mean, if Carson, Carson Woods turned out to be bad. Hey, he was, he, was, he was pretty solid, man. He, top five, probably. He was pretty solid, bro. Well, I mean, for for our team, like we're supposedly a running team, so it's, we're not asking a lot from Carson Wentz. We're not out here throwing the ball thirty-five to forty times a game. Like, just make one or two throws here, maybe a run, and just you don't try to do too much. Our team is pretty balanced. Like I said, it's a damn shame. But um, so on that note, well, Rev, do you have any thoughts on that trade at all? No, is this the reason you asked me, um, Marcus, um, if a team with a oh when we were talked about uh, like the importance of QB GM versus uh, team defense? Is this why where that no that, that no that that came before the trade happened? I was just uh, what was I thinking about? I think it was like something with the draft talk because yeah it was it was with the draft because they were talking about how you know you what's important as far as like having a franchise quarterback and having a coach that because because people get excited about a lot of things that and we really don't know like if your team has gotten better you know what i'm saying like you know your team hires a new coach all of a sudden you think well he had he had success there so he's going to be successful here and just i guess finding the value in things because like all these all these quarterbacks have been picked like very high within the last like five six years and a lot of them haven't panned out really. And when you when you think about what the expectations are that come with being the number one overall pick or even a top ten pick at quarterback, you expect them to be 
the guy that turns your franchise around, the guy that leads you to a Super Bowl and do all these things. And then you start looking at the list of all these quarterbacks. It's like, that doesn't really happen that often. You know, like, are these, are like, are these GMs like that good at their job? And does the quarterback matter that much? Like how much difference is there between like Baker Mayfield and someone else, another quarterback that was drafted? Like, cause if you look at the, Baker Mayfield draft class was Baker Mayfield number one, but then like Josh Allen gets drafted that year also, I believe. And Lamar Jackson got drafted that year too. So there's always these things like how how big is that gap? Is that gap so big that you're just like, well, he's the number one quarterback prospect. I have the number one pick. I need to take that quarterback. Or do you look for value somewhere else or maybe trade down or do something else? Maybe get the third best quarterback. How much of a difference does that make? Like Patrick Mahomes was the third quarterback picked in his draft. Aaron Rodgers was the last pick in the first round or something like that. There's all these other quarterbacks you can get a lot lower than at number one. So I asked that because Carson, I you asked me for an example, and I said Jared uh, Goff uh, when the Rams went to the Super Bowl in what was it, 2019, I believe. Um, and I asked you that because Carson went strike to me as the same type of quarterback where he's not. A lot of people wouldn't consider him elite. He would, to me at least, maybe a couple other people would be considered a mid-level quarterback. But if you put those pieces around him, what can Carson Wentz do? So that's why I asked that question. Yeah, definitely. It's it's all about team building. Like you can have the greatest quarterback prospect ever, but if you don't build a team around them to make them successful, then what does it matter? All you're doing is just setting your team back another five years. Right. Shout out to Jacksonville for getting uh, Trevor Lawrence. So thank you for that. Um, so my thought I, on Carson Wentz, my, my thought on Carson Wentz, just real quick. If you get the 2018 him with some protection, with some weapons, it's a really good get. I mean, my only concern is uh, if he has had some back issues in the past and he's a bit of an egomaniac per se, from what they said um, in the media, like over the last few years. But if he can get past all that, I mean, he's, I think he's a really good quarterback. Like um, he, he has a strong arm. He can move around a little bit. He can definitely make a lot of plays for you. And he's another one of those guys that's a low pick guy. Like he, he can do 30 and seven or 40 and 10. Like he, he's not going to turn the ball over a lot. So I don't know. I don't know why or how, they let this team get him, but good luck to that. So, yeah, speaking of my Jaguars, uh, just real quick, I wish that – and we had this this talk in the group chat just slightly because, like, media nowadays, last year, year before last, he was, like, the greatest quarterback prospect since Elway, Luck, Manning. And all of a sudden, Zach Wilson's better than him. Or, hey, we should get Justin Fields or this and that. And to me, it always seems like it's because it's Jacksonville. It's an issue. Like, even with the media, like, this is just me speaking in general, me on my soapbox. Whenever I see highlights of Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, or any of uh, Derrick Henry especially, any of these great players, it's always against Jacksonville. Whenever they show Jacksonville, they always show the tarps, which – the tarps are there because all, not all Tell Stadium, that's what it used to be called, but Everbank Field can hold up to 90,000 people. 
that's way bigger than your than your average NFL stadium. So it's no need to have all those seats. Like the average game, you're looking at fifty to sixty thousand. Of course, the Cowboys can hold hundred thousand, but a lot of those are standing room seats. That's why the tarps are on there. The London games. Hey, maybe if you guys show us some some sort of attention, you know, we wouldn't have to do these things. And it was actually a great revenue ploy to build our brand outside of Jacksonville. But it's a constant thing to where. Before he was supposed to, and when I say he, I'm talking Trevor Lawrence, was supposed to go to Jacksonville, and he was supposed to go to the Jets instead. Oh, he is. You need to tank for Trevor. He is great. He is fantastic. He is big. He's handsome. Long, flowy hair, big arms, speed, all this. Now, oh, well, he's kind of dorky. He's slow. Uh, He can't win the big game. He can't do this. He can't do that. I just get really tired of it. You know, I, I I really hope that we're able to get Trevor Lawrence with everything that we have around him and build a solid team. Uh, that's just my little small soapbox, soapbox rant. Um, we'll go on to the next subject, which it doesn't have to be a long one. Unless you've been living under a rock or sleeping with a slug, you would know that Kim Kardashian West is now filing for divorce of, of Mr. Kanye West. Kanye West tweeted out yesterday that he's actually going to go buy him a new Bentley. You know, he's moving forward with his life and Ye's back. So we'll start out with L. What are your thoughts on this? I know this has probably been brewing for a while, but what, what are your thoughts on everything? Um, so I, I'm a little sad for her, for him. I think they had a genuine relationship. And uh, I mean, it lasted longer than expected. And I try to keep thinking back to my thoughts when they first got together. And I probably clowned them or thought it was a joke or whatever the case is. But I think over time, they proved that they were in a sincere relationship. And whenever you hear about divorce, it's not it's not a good thing. You know, like I don't go around rooting for people's divorces. However, I am curious to see um, what they do creatively after this, you know, be it her, if she sticks with the clothing or whatever it is that she does, um, or with her her work within law, um, see if she picks up more with that and puts all her focus and energy in that. And him with music, of course, I want to see if he can come back better than ever and see see what we get. So those are pretty much my thoughts to sum it up. And Aunt Weezy, what are your what are your thoughts on? Uh, marriage, very popular marriage ending. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think in order for you to have like that type of relationship, you already have to have like a super strong uh, gut because your relationship is in it's in the media. Everybody's watching it, whether they care for it or not. So. I just, like she said, I, I just feel like, you know, I just want to see how he, how does he bounce back with the music? How does he bounce back with his his mental health? You know, I, I hope mm-hmm. you don't get another, mm-hmm. you ain't got the answer sway. Like, I'm not trying to see that, Kanye. You know, I'm not trying to see uh, the mental broken down uh, of Kanye. Um, stuff happens. Everybody ain't meant to be together. And with her, I hope that she continues with her endeavors. And hope that she can, especially with the the stuff that she's doing within the law world, like that's I I, I applaud her for that. Um, I, I just want I I just hope that they can co-parent 
good and, and raise the kids good, man. And whatever happens with them, like they you know, reconcile or they officially split or whatever the case may be. Just make sure they can both do their part in society, man. That's <laughs> and Marcus, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we've gone through this before about their whole marriage and whatnot. Like, I'm not someone that roots for anybody to get divorced. Uh, I kind of thought that they were, I guess, a decent couple to to begin with. But, um, yeah, I just hope uh, they can get back to, I guess, doing whatever it is that they were doing before and that their uh, their kids are going to – I mean, obviously, their kids are going to be fine. But, you know, I would like for, you know – for selfish reasons, I would like Kanye to get back to doing Kanye things that he was doing maybe 10 years ago. Uh, I did see a picture with him and Griselda in the studio, so I would like to see what that was. I feel like I need to hear that. That would be great. <laughs> so hopefully there's other artists out there who are now, you know, feeling, feeling a little bit more, I guess, confident to go and be like, hey, well, since you're done with this, can we, you know, maybe get back to work? Um, uh Kanye getting back with the Beyonce and Jay-Z in the studio, that would be great. We can get back to that. Cause I feel like Kanye working with Beyonce stopped the moment he got married. So if we can just kind of a, a Beyonce album produced by Kanye would probably be great. So let's, let's, I'm just gonna put that out in the air. I'd like to hear that. That might actually happen the day of the divorce. And of course, hey, Rev Ryan, any know. thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, as Elle said it best, I don't root for people to divorce, of course, especially they have four kids involved. I'm pretty sure that's it'd be a strain there, um, even though they're rich. And I mean, kids seeing their parents not be together is, you know, could be tra- traumatic. Um, but I also wholeheartedly believe that when you aren't happy, you should split um, because you're doing more harm than good. And so, I mean, if this is what they feel is best, then, you know, go forth and prosper. And I hope that it's as amicable split as possible. Um, I think I think Kim will be okay mental health wise. I won't I won't say that my main I don't say won't say I'm concerned for Kanye. I just hope that Kanye can find help. Um, it's obvious that he isn't okay and he hasn't been okay for a while. So I hope that this will not send him down some some spiral um and instead i hope it you know sends them on a path to like you know getting genuine help and, and being better oh yes so yeah. on that note it was a couple of other small things that i kind of missed so i'll go over them real fast um in case you guys have seen uh this week or actually today or yesterday uh cam newton former mvp of the nfl uh, national championship in college, national championship in junior college, uh, first overall pick, multiple-time pro bowler, all-pro, all-time leader in Panthers history, was actually heckled by a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, for being a free agent quarterback. Um, just, you, you know, in this TikTok age, it, it's just so ridiculous with how disrespectful some people could be. Um, the guy wow. deserves his respect. He deserves his flowers. And, you know, this kid's just clout chasing, you know, and talking noise to him. And it's not cool. And to me, it should be up to the kids around him to check him instead of having Cam Newton check him and kind of 
almost to an extent make him look bad because I know I did see some people saying, oh, well, you're supposed to be this NFL quarterback, this, this, and that. You shouldn't have did it. But at the end of the day, he, he doesn't need to be disrespected in that regard. Like, at the end of the day, this contract ran out. He wasn't released, you know, and he's a legend. He's a, he's a living legend. Give the man his respect. I mean, sometimes things just don't, don't work out. Last thing, um, and I mean, whoever can chime in, could t- you know, can definitely chime in one. But um, Jackson I, State. I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say that type of that type of behavior by that kid is pretty embarrassing on the kids, uh, kids' parents' part. Because it's one thing for you to go over there and you know talk stupid like that to an NFL player. It's worse when I, as a parent, probably paid for you to go to that camp. That's Cam Newton's camp that you're doing that at. I paid money for you to go to Cam Newton's camp. You have an opportunity to talk to Cam Newton, and that's what you said? Nah. Take your ass home. You ain't coming back. You gonna act a fool like that? No, hell no. I ain't pay all that money for you to come talk shit to Cam Newton. You could have did that at home. Could have did that on Madden. No, hell no. It's embarrassing. And the last thing for today. Shout out to Jackson State. Uh 49 to nothing over Abel Waters College. Deion Sanders, uh, first win as a coach. Um Received the game ball, very emotional about it. Goes back in his locker room, in the coach's office. Someone stole everything. Really, guys? Like, come on, man. And, and, you know, like, he was a bit emotional about it. And I understand it. Like, at the end of the day, he's working hard to build this program up. Uh, an HBCU trapped in a obser- uh, oh, shit. My bad. I was trying to use a big word, I, you know, and it, I fucked it up. My bad. But <laughs> the nigga ears. But he goes back in there, and, and someone steals the stuff. Like I just, I cannot believe it. Like, and you know, there's an HBCU. Probably ninety-seven percent of the students there are black. The faculty is probably all black. And it's like for somebody to do this to Deion Sanders, a person who probably could be doing anything else in the world. It's not like he's doing it for money or anything like that. He's trying to build up HBCUs, build up young people of color, black men. And someone, probably not on the team, but someone in the faculty or who had access to that room will go back in, take his wallet, his phone, everything else. It's absurd. Like, I just, I can't even believe it. But, um, <sighs> Both of those situations that you just talked about sounds like people just not appreciate what they got. Like, you know how many other schools would love to have Deion Sanders as they coach? Like, white schools like that. Like, he chose to go to an HBC. Like, what is y'all doing, man? <laughs> wow. Crazy. So, we'll go ahead and wrap everything up, put the bow on it. Um, South Breeze, thank you for all that you do, my brother. Um, his song of the week is probably Push a T Grounding, Grinding, I mean, or something like that, because he likes that type of music. Um, so we'll start out with you, L. Um, you have any closing thoughts? Any shout outs? Um, my shout out this week is to Rev. Thank you so much for being here. And always sounding so smart when you talk about sports and being that female voice because you know that ain't me. So I, I love to hear when you talk. So I appreciate you, girl. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Thank you for the wine suggestion. 
Um, I'm going to drink that. Um, even if it tastes like juice, I'm probably just going to drink the whole bottle or something. So. There you go. <laughs> okay, we'll use that to segue into uh, Rev Run. Any shout outs this week? Um, a shout out to Epics and shout out to the tire cast of Snowfall. We back, baby. We back. Franklin is back. He's been hit with a few slugs. He might walk with a limp. He's coming for all that he's owed, and I'm ready. So shout out to the cast of Snowfall. I'm ready to see you guys on Wednesday. All right, and Aunt Weezy, any shout outs for you this week? Um, shout out to y'all for having me back. And um actually shout out to <laughs> the city of Augusta. Because I saw okay. No. We're not shouting out that <laughs> country like, ass town, but go ahead. I'm, I'm shouting them out because they tried to make it seem like I, you know, made their city sound country and hickish, which. We not. It's stupid. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, uh, um, yeah, shout out to y'all. Shout out to the city of Augusta. Um, y'all not as country as y'all think that I was describing y'all as. And um yeah. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to everybody, man. Everybody just have a good life, be prosper, prosperous and uh it'll get better, Texas. Hopefully. All right, and um this closing thought shout shout outs. Uh yeah, I would like to say that uh, if you are not watching Snowfall, you should watch Snowfall. It's a great show. I took, uh, I started watching it again, I think at the beginning of this year to, to catch up, and I've caught up. So come Thursday night, I will be watching the show. Um, also, I would like to shout out uh, Naomi Osaka, who is killing it in tennis. Mm. Uh, I've been saying this for a while. I think that uh, tennis is now a black sport. Like, Coco Golf, Naomi Osaka, Serena Venus, Sloane Stevens, they've all been making their mark on tennis for the last 20 years. And if I was to like say who's more of a goat or a legend between like, like Serena and Venus and Tiger Woods, I would say it's Venus and Serena because you can look at the people that have come up after them that are doing great things as opposed to obviously it's not Tiger Woods' fault because golf is a hard sport for black people to get into but it's also hard for it's also hard in tennis but the fact that we have so many black women that grew up watching venus and serena and have decided to be like venus and serena and have actually won on the same type of level that venus and serena did makes them like the two most important like athletes of our generation so just Shout out to them. Shout out to what everybody's doing in tennis right now. And hopefully we can get a uh, get get some black golfers out there. I would love for I I would love for uh us to kind of take over baseball again. Like I love a good bat flip, but then I hey, hate hey, hey. leave that to the Dominicans. Back oh, up. No. <laughs> Back up. <laughs> I, we can't share it. I'm teasing. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Yeah, definitely shout out to black tennis players. Uh, 
in case y'all didn't know, I used to play tennis in high school. Um, shout out to Donald Young, who was supposed to be the next big thing in tennis, who was who is a black man. Um, never quite lived up to it. He was he was branded to be the Tiger Woods of American tennis. He's, he's a black man. Uh, James Blake, if you didn't know, because it's Black History Month, uh, Arthur Ashe, who the stadium in New York, big stadium, is named after. Um, and Francis TFO, who's another, he's not American black, but he's another brother that plays a really exciting brand of tennis. So if you guys, you know, ever want to check out any of those guys' matchup, James Blake is retired. He's an announcer now, but all those guys are, are good. Uh, so definitely thank everybody for shining a light on, you know, different black figures in sports that we may not know about. Um, shout out to South Breeze, as always. Um, I got a Grammy. Uh, kids wear crowns. Um, the DBNR report, Jeff Queen, uh, Josh, who I guess is Marcus Trufant's double, who's a Colts fan on the low. Um, just everybody that's always been rocking with us. I don't have the list that South Breeze has. He hasn't privy me to that information. But um, yeah, shout out to everybody. Thank y'all for holding it down. It's 120 in and we're out. And oh, yeah. If you want to get freaky dicky tonight, KTSC, make sure you put that at adamandeve.com to get you some free stuff. <laughs> bang, bang, skeet, skeet. We're out. <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs>